0: Hey everyone, my name is Yaru, and you're listening to the Creative Nature Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in on this wonderful new moon or at any point in the future. I feel energized today. I'm sitting on my bed right now looking at a beautiful pastel sky and I've been hanging out with some trees today. That is not actually the story I wanted to tell you. <laughs> um, anyway, I feel energetic enough to send you a little bonus episode in between um, the fortnightly rhythm that I have now found. Because I just spoke to the wonderful Rowan Walker and just feel good about sharing this conversation right away. Usually it takes me a while and I often have a backlog, which was very much the case this year. Um, but sometimes when the stars align, it feels nice to just come out of a conversation, um, record the intro and share it right away. Um, it is also always hard, I want to say, to find a good title for these episodes because obviously conversations are so complex and beautiful and so much is shared. But I called this one um, Planned Friends, Ritual and Anarchy with Ron Walker. And yeah I think that kind of um gives you a good sense of what we talked about I really appreciate the sense of grounding in this conversation and the simplicity in the invitation to reconnect with plants in a way as Rowan said that honors both of our dignity and us being <laughs> us in the plants um So yeah, listen in if you feel like it. I hope you'll get something out of it. Um, I really loved listening to Ron. And the invitation is also to check out their programs. They have two starting this winter, um, in November and December. And yeah, if if this kind of stuff is your gem, I think you might really enjoy learning with them. Um, On my end, Mending Together is coming up in mid-November which is a six-week textile magic program I'm looking forward to. And yeah, I think that's it. I'm just going to let you listen now. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hi, everyone. I am very excited for this conversation. I'm speaking to the wonderful, wonderful Roan Walker today. And I want to tell you how I know them. So I've been lucky to know Rowan, I think, for more than a year. Um, they're a member of the Embodied Business Community that I facilitate, and they are such an incredible queer plan person and ritual maker, um, and I'm sure they'll tell us more about that, but I will just want to say, I want to begin by saying that I'm so inspired by their approach um, to their work, to their rituals, to the way that they are in the world, all these other things I could say that come to mind feel like a cliche, and I don't want to do that, but. Yeah, just know that they are very special to me, and I'm super excited for this conversation. So thank you so much for being here, Rowan.
1: Thank you so much, (laughs) Cheryl. It's such a gift to be here. I love this podcast, (laughs) and I'm so excited to talk with you.
0: Thank you. So um, as you know, I like to ask, now that the podcast has been renamed, to see kind of how people think of their work, what their creative nature is, and maybe... With that, you also want to tell us a little bit more about the landscape that you're in and maybe how that impacts your work.
1: Mm, yeah, thank you. Uh, so I'm currently living um, in the northeastern highlands of Vermont on the east coast of the U.S. And it's western Abenaki land. Um, but it's this beautiful, deeply forested place um, full of bear and moose and evergreen trees and deciduous trees and these old, old lakes that are glacier lakes. Um, And it's just, it's still a land I'm getting to know. I'm a newcomer here. And it's really inspiring and invigorating. And it's hard to even not gape in wonder when you walk around outside. And so that has really, really fed me in all these amazing ways since moving here. And um, it really inspires me creatively. And so a lot of the work that I do in the ways I am in the world working with plants and with ritual for healing it's it's deeply connected to the world around me and and the ways I feel held by the mountains in the region and just so special yeah
0: that sounds so incredible can I just ask oh my god I didn't know you've got bears around you how wonderful do you ever see their paw steps or like traces of them
1: I haven't I actually see them most crossing the roads which is really interesting um and I'm not much of a a tracker but I know beloveds definitely see their tracks through the woods
0: oh wow that's so cool um yeah Hmm. so you touched on your work a little bit already I'm wondering how you how did you start working with plants and how did you find ritual or how did it find you? Um, maybe you have a backstory or maybe there's been a time in your life where it became really important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, like a pretty common story, but honestly, um, I started working with plants and ritual after trying to heal some trauma. Um, and I really had always been into ritual as a kid Um but it wasn't until I really needed resource and support from the earth that I like recommitted to a practice, um, and it's been it's been amazing. And ritual just seems to hold so much potential for healing and, and interconnection that nourishes me every day. Um, and plants are a huge part of that. Um, I went to I went to herb school for a little bit, um, but it wasn't the right fit because. You know, plants for me are are friends and allies and, like, co-members of this beautiful world, and they're not so much beings that I'm necessarily trying to extract anything from. And so for me, it's all incredibly spiritual, Um, finding ways to meet them and work with them and collaborate in a way that, like, upholds both of our dignities at the same time and, like, really honors our aliveness.
0: Yes, I hear that. So beautiful. Um, you share a lot of thought, which I so appreciate, also around specifically career herbalism. And I would love to hear a bit more about what that means to you at this point, knowing that it's a fluid thing. I don't want I don't need you to have like a pers- perfect ten year answer, but just like how is it feeling right now?
1: Yeah, that's a really interesting question. It definitely feels like it's evolving um every day and as like as the wheel turns, but for me it's about taking magic and bringing it to our communities like our queer and trans communities and so sharing information and helping helping like deepen the resiliency of our communities and so sometimes that means just like literally sharing information or it means like taking information available and like relationship building and then translating it to the queer experience and inviting queer and trans people to really experience it for themselves because like queer and transness right like it's a whole beautiful kaleidoscope of expressions and and working with plant kin is the same like we all have our very personal experiences with them and and yeah just really making space for that and, and inviting people into that relationship feels so liberatory
2: yeah totally i think
0: the word enchantment and disenchantment also come to mind because It's so hard as a queer person, as a trans person to find or to have a strong sense of your place in the world to feel like I'm part of these, I am, you know, obviously we are part of communities, but also that can be complicated. And I just love what you're saying and sharing more generally about building relationships and and experiencing those things in our own way. There's something else you said earlier that I loved so much Um, keeping both our dignity I was like oh (laughs) yeah how do you what does that look like for you when you approach a plant you know at the moment let's say one that maybe is in your neighborhood where you live
2: Mm.
1: for me that looks like a lot of dialogue with the plant um just meeting them and seeing how they look and how they are through the cycles of the seasons and just returning to them over and over again, like building any relationship, just meeting them, um, introducing myself and then not asking things from them. You know, like I, you never like, my deepest relationships are not ones that are like, I'm nice to meet you. I need to ask something from you or I want to take something from you. And so really just offering myself to this being and, and then maybe doing some learning on the side. I love to do like dorky research and and read about folklore and historical uses and um, indigenous uses on this on this continent on turtle island. and so there's just there's so much room there and it can really evolve slowly over time. there's there's no rush, and so it really, really really feels special to develop relationships that like reflect my values in other ways, like really like bring that all into alignment
0: yes yeah, so much I think there's so much beauty in just learning the slowness and the unfolding of a plant life the seasons and just getting to witness that and I love again what you said of offering yourself and the devotion of study can be so sweet as well like sitting in in the night by candlelight in bed and just being like I want to know more about you my friend yes mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> I imagine that, I mean, for me, and I imagine for many other people, those relationships has, have been so especially important and uh, grounding and nurturing through the pandemic. And I wonder, yeah, like how has the pandemic so far touched your life or changed your ideas or highlighted certain things? I'm seeing like a deep sigh. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, yeah, anything you want to share about that?
1: yeah yeah the pandemic has it's been pretty world-changing as I think it's been for a lot of us um I actually had long COVID last year and so it kind of changed everything for me um and like how I relate to my body and like the things my body can do um and so in in big and small ways I had to adjust and like reorient to how I move through the world and some of that's like cognitive and some of that's just the physicality of, of moving um, and so that really extends outwards into everything right and so really an invitation into slowness and feeling into how things feel and really really starting to separate like outcome from process and I was always really interested in process, like how are we doing these things, and and what is the impact of the how? But it really brought it home for me in my own life that like every day I get to choose how I'm gonna move through the world today, and like I can do that in ways that support my resiliency, or I can do that in ways that don't. Um, and really just you're coming back to that over and over again, like how how do I want to do these things? And so. Yeah. I mean there's also been beautiful, I mean there's other beautiful parts too, right? Like I was really lucky after I got laid off, I got unemployment and that gave me a couple months of like being able to focus on my work and on my business and that also offered a lot and so you know, COVID has really offered a lot of hard challenges and also some spaciousness for me to really see what's possible. Um and so lots of creativity has flourished in this time and really lots of like writing and asking questions i I feel like i have so many questions and every day there's new questions i have no answers just questions
0: yeah me too that's i relate to so much of what you said and yeah the spaciousness spaciousness um i'm wondering what's important to you at the moment at you know we're recording this in early november 2022 i love how podcasts are also like these little bottles that you throw into the sea of the future <laughs> um, so what are your most important questions at the moment or what is a source of further questions
2: I think a big
1: question that I'm sitting with is how I can stay connected to holy aliveness and just throughout my day and throughout my work and in my relationships and and yeah how i can really be woven in deeply to like a thread of or like a tapestry of community and like feed and be fed in that beautiful reciprocity and yeah just the line between individual and collective and and how these things can support each other especially around healing and transformation like how can our personal healing really support collective healing and transformation and what can i do as just one person to help support that
0: such good questions (laughs) yes um i know that you have a lot of different creative practices in your writing (laughs) but also just in just how how you show up you know it's a very creative approach and i wonder how you stay connected to your creative practices at the moment if there may be seasonal aspects or rhythms to them or anything else that you want to share
1: yeah, there's definitely rhythms. And I think, you know, as like a neurodivergent person, a lot of this is also like learning my own rhythms. Um, but my creativity does not like cages or things that feel like traps. And so I it's a lot of having to leave open space and like literally like a, a block of time and then just see what bubbles up. And maybe it's nothing or maybe it's this like idea I get really excited about and like follow it. All the way through or maybe it's an idea that maybe I'll come back to later um and so it's yeah my creativity is like word-based often and so it's a lot of writing and singing um and ritual and like invocation things like that but um yeah there's definitely like days where I just it's hard to connect to it um but I find that for me because it is so connected to my spirituality um that like I'm having a hard day if I sit at my altar long enough and like connect to the earth below me and and the trees outside and the beautiful landscape that I'm a guest on um, that I can like reconnect to my creativity and so in that way it's yeah it's something I can always tap into which just takes me a minute
2: to get there on the harder days yeah for sure
0: um I want to segue a little bit into plans ritual and anarchism Mm -hmm. (laughs) casually (laughs) and I want to say kind of where I'm at with anarchism at the moment which really makes me laugh it's so silly anyway but when I was a teenager I, I grew up so I grew up the first five years in like a tiny village that had just three streets and like two kids me and someone else and then My parents divorced when I was five and we moved to an inner city neighborhood in Hamburg, which is in the north of Germany. And there was, and still is actually, an anarchist center, the Rote Flora. And if you happen to be German and you know it. So I went to school in that neighborhood and I always felt like the anarchist center was like towering over these streets. And I loved it so much. I loved the work that they were doing. But also I was really tiny, you know, like my first contact would have been when I was like seven or eight or something. And I was always kind of intimidated to me. Those were like the real teenagers who were a bit old, like quite a bit older actually than me. And and it's funny because I haven't lived in Hamburg since I was, I mean, not full time, since I was 20. Um, I never had a phase where I was the older person in the Anika Center. Now I'm feeling too old. And when I'm visiting there now, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm just too tired for this way of organizing, you know, um. And I just feel, I just feel old and behind. But that's a whole other story. Not the reason why I'm telling you this. So I think anarchism has always had this like really special place in my heart, and um, now that I'm (laughs) arriving at this part of my life, which has changed so much this year, I'm really thinking about like, what do I? What are the questions? in me when it comes to trusting that i can navigate um complex power relationships with other people and communities and also trust my own power without the need of an overpowering structure like what does that really look like for me at this point in my life and it's so I mean, so exciting and so complicated. So that was my little waffle. <laughs> um, I would love to hear your little TED talk on this.
1: <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. That's so beautiful. Uh, yeah, I actually, um, I lived in Berlin for a minute and that's where I got my first scenes on anarchism and plants. Um, and that, and it was at a time when I really needed access to healing. Um, healing options and so having like these zines placed in my hand about DIY approaches to herbalism and the ways that we can really build networks of care uh was was like pretty life-altering and so for me that it's always been a little interrelated um and then also um I mean it's different types of anarchism right also saying like I'm a green anarchist and so the earth is like a huge part of of this value system that I hold and so um, it is connected to everything. It's connected to like my spirituality and how I unlearn internalized oppression. Um, and yeah, really just approaching the world in a way of trying to un- unlearn hierarchies, you know, like between humans and like our friends and our communities, and then also like humans and non human animals, and then animals and plants, and then like things that move and things that swim, you know, just all the things. Um, yeah, all life is beautifully essential and deserves to be honored and like supported. And I think anarchism and ritual they're it's just all so interconnected for me. It's like this big blob and it's hard to separate it out. Um Yeah, I think I'm I'm having a waffle now, I'm losing my thread, but but yeah, I mean it just feels like each of them individually together, it's, it's all invitations into interconnection and, and to build connections that aren't based on um, inappropriate power dynamics and um, systemic oppression, and things like that. Um, because power is real. And so like, I think ritual and plants and anarchism, like, I mean, values in general, like they give us approaches to dealing with these very human things. Um, and they give us tools, and so each of them individually and together, I think can really su- they support me in trying to become the person I want to be in this life, and really, they challenge me and they ask me questions, and they make me reconsider like, is the thing I'm doing really in alignment with the values I claim to hold and and, and do I have a community to support me in my accountability around that you know like are people be, like saying, like, hey, this thing you did like actually isn't in alignment with this belief you say you have, like do you want to talk about that? And it just feels so beautifully supportive, whether it's a plant or it's, you know, a deity or it's a best friend. And so I feel really held by those things.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you. I can't believe I didn't know you were living in Berlin. Wow. <laughs> Maybe we're even in Berlin at the same time because I lived there for a few years. We should talk about this after recording. <laughs> but anyway, um yeah, so as a kind of follow-on question, I'm wondering what kind of thought or idea process at the moment is making you feel hopeful when you're thinking about I mean, I don't know if you're thinking about this, but I'm thinking um, so much about how this time is changing us collectively and maybe how it's changing the kinds of conversations that we're having and um, people slowing down and having more time to ask these kinds of questions. Um, Do you see that around you? And what does that feel like? You being in a different geographic
2: community? (laughs) That's really interesting.
1: I mean, I think I'm a little bit of a hopeful nihilist. Like, I don't I don't always think that the best outcome is coming for us. Um, and maybe that's okay. But, yeah, I do think, at least in my small community, the ways that we're really trying to hold each other and care for each other during this time feels really hopeful. Um, and the ways that people are still open to connection and like really still really interested in building transformative relationships with each other and plants and through like a ritual practice with ourselves. Like that feels really hopeful to me that even with all these hard things, people are still coming back to basics and like these fundamental things that impact everything else. And yeah, just seeing people focusing on their healing work and like dealing with complex trauma and trying to access the resources they need or you know DIY approaches to it when society fails us like that makes me feel really hopeful and excited to be a part of that and like how can we continue to uphold like uplift each other
0: yeah totally um speaking about DIY healing I'm doing this funny thing at the moment where I have one therapy session month the first Monday each month and I um have been working for this person for a while. And at the moment it just, that just feels the right amount, both in my financial investment, but also in the time that I devote to this particular kind of healing or conversation. And, um, but I love through the rest of the month being kind of talking in my head to my therapist and like mm. doing my little human things and being like, oh, I wonder what she would ask me about this. <laughs> and then I'm like, it's just DIY therapy, you know? <laughs> great it's also very cost effective Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah so you shared a little bit about your um experience of long COVID and I know many listeners will maybe share that experience in some way um does anything come to mind that you would like to share around or like what what do you do at the moment to give yourself space to process that and slow down a bit and look into the future in this possibly different way.
1: That's a really good question. Uh I think that also goes in waves, right? I think a daily practice or like a regular practice, because let's be honest, it's not every day, but a regular practice, um, of like sitting at my altar and doing tarot and doing some writing or doing like a somatic centering practice, things like that, have really just given me the space to be with what is, because there's still so much you know, we can't know about like the long-term impacts of COVID. Um, And for me, my, even my long COVID experience like shifted and had like its own phases. And I know lots of people have a very different experience. Um, So just really making space for what is regularly and not trying to judge it. Um, And then it's been some really hard, like internal internalized oppression and like internalized uh productivity values and things like that, that I've had to work with and really really sit with and face and I'm like grimacing even as I think about it It's it's been like really hard to be like maybe there are some things that I cannot do and there's ways I used to be that I cannot be and and like yeah like how do I honor how I am now and, and not just be upset about it Um yeah and I I think again that really ties to like neurodivergence in general right like being really honest with our capacity and how that might change and and yeah like maybe canceling things when I have to or like realizing certain things just don't work for me anymore Um, but it's been a lot of like truth facing that has been hard and and really just trying to hold it with like meet it with compassion and gentleness and like the tools that feel supportive to me personally i think is, is really helpful and i'm sure everyone will have those for them like what feel if it's a movement practice or if it's writing um or singing or dancing around you know all the things i think all we can do is like offer ourselves
2: care and tending yeah so true
0: um i think i don't want to speak for you or project here but i think that's also this feeling of like What does it mean to be part of queer community now at this point in our lives? Having different ways of interacting with other people and and being present in spaces. I just saw a friend earlier today who can drive and took me into town. We had such a nice time. And I knew this person in my 20s when I was so different. I was so, firstly, so unaware of my needs and, Mm -hmm. and things and so willing to overstretch my capacity just to be part of something that I was, excited about Um, and we're just saying you know like oh my gosh remember this one time we were in this or that club and like how sticky our boots were with like (laughs) other people's drinks and I'm like oh god I just couldn't do that anymore and I don't see that in my future but I'm excited in some ways how all these other things have popped up through the pandemic and have become more accessible so yeah is there anything else that you would like to talk about that you feel like you haven't had a chance to yet?
2: Mm, not specifically.
1: I mean, I feel like we could just talk all afternoon. So much. To play,
0: <laughs> yes, but. yes. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear a bit more about the work that you're currently doing. So you're so incredible at um, bringing people through these practices in like a really open and inclusive and kind way I feel when I look at your website I always feel just invited you know like into the fold and I'm visually imagining this sort of soft fold (laughs) that's maybe made of like felted wool or something (laughs) and it smells a bit of pine (laughs) probably (laughs) yeah and then there's like I don't know maybe a bit of dried sage in the in the world but I'm gonna stop talking about the fall now and <laughs> let you to share a little bit about what you currently have in the making and how that came to be and what you're envis- envisioning for your work
1: thanks I'm so glad that's such a nice feeling yeah I definitely want people to feel invited um yeah so I am currently working on two offerings um for the winter season one is ancestral reconnection for witches and radicals of celtic descent and that's um yeah an invitation into process for especially settler folks um, on turtle island where i live but really just engaging with plant kin um to connect with our ancestral lineages um but also connecting to process and so it's not just about the plants, although it is about plants, but it's also about the how and like what does it mean to build ethical relationships with plant kin that are important to us um while being settlers on this continent and so just really holding the both and of that. Um, and so we're gonna be engaging in a lot of like reflective questions as well as meaning meaning plants. Um and that that has been like a long time coming. Uh, I've been sitting on that one for like two years. I get nervous, and then I'm like, "Oh, I'll do it next year. Never mind." But I think there's just so much there, and so really, um, yeah, like it could be like a year-long course, but um, it's only a it's only a three-month course this time. So yeah, so that's coming up. Um, registration for that closes November fifteenth, uh, and then the next thing coming down is working the swords for a change and transformation. Um, and that's a really gentle slow offering for the winter as well it's pretty it's about building a personal experience in relationship with each of the cards in the suit of swords I think that's such a beautiful and challenging suit Um, and it really it really invites us to deal with things like fear and anxiety and self-criticism and a lot of things that I I've really struggled with and and the suit of swords has been amazing and challenging me to grow around that with compassion. And so that's something that we're going to be doing um, starting in December. And then, yeah, I mean, I guess a lot of this is just based on like things that I've found really healing for myself. And so I also do work around survivorship um, and ritual around survivorship and plant kin to support stories of survivorship. Um, and so later in the winter, there will be a, uh, a queer and trans survivor art circle program that's coming down the line um where we're going to make art together and, and use it to process and then we're going to have a really beautiful celebration and ritual to honor all of our work um stop season. it now <laughs> that
0: was <is> too much
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i'm so excited for it
0: i'm yeah. so excited for it too <laughs> that sounds amazing oh gosh I'm yeah that's so wonderful and also I so relate to this feeling of like oh I'll do it next year big things are just taking time mm-hmm. yeah but this this sounds incredible and I highly recommend people check it out and we'll link to this in the show notes but um, I also feel like if maybe like even if right now isn't the time for people to commit to something like this they should on your newsletter which is so wonderful and check out your website and um yeah i um maybe before we go like how did you i think you're also a doula is that right i don't know if you use that word but is that part of your story i used to be
1: yeah Yeah. not so much anymore
0: okay Mm. yeah wow (laughs) maybe we can have another conversation next year because i i think there's so much more and i love how first conversations are always such an opening and like an overview of someone what someone is doing and then the second interview might be a chance to go deeper into a few things as well if you'd like that
1: I would love that thank you so much
0: thank you so much this was wonderful yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: wow (laughs)